Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are my People of the Book. And it seems like a long time since I have done a live show. It has been a long time, in fact. So it's great to be doing this. Of course, still not in studio. Still from the comfort of my home office, but great to be with you. And you may have noticed I didn't publicize today's show. That wasn't because I didn't know what I was doing. Today's show is about book tech. And when I say book tech, a few years ago when you mentioned book tech, it, it meant you know a Kindle, a Kobo, an e-reader of any sort. However, you read online or with your iPad, that's pretty much all it meant. And that was, you know, that was book tech. There is so much more that has opened up around book tech nowadays. And the biggest one being hashtag book talk made me read it. And if you don't know what that is, which I personally didn't know much about until quite recently, um, giving away my age quite embarrassingly. And one of the reasons why I didn't publicize this was if you work in social media, which I do a lot, there's a lot of conflict between a lot of the social media platforms, who owns what, who um, has has ownership of, of what hashtag, who has ownership of which platform. And specifically with the TikTok icon, the TikTok platform itself, when you use that on other platforms and it's picked up by them, they tend to put you in social media jail, which is why I did not publicize this and didn't um, create the little ads that I usually create. Uh, Instagram particularly does not like you using TikTok on the Instagram platform, they don't like you using your TikTok videos on on Instagram. There are ways to get around it. I'm not going to uh, let you know here how to do that. But uh, yeah, they, they, you've got to be very careful how you cross over from each one platform to another. Anyway, I digress. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about books. Um, it's a book show. But as I said, a few years ago when we mentioned book tech, it was just about, you know, what e-reader were you using? Um, and a lot of debate when when Kindles became so popular and when e-readers became very popular, a lot of debate arose about how books were going to become extinct. Books were going to die out, real paper books, real hard copies. There was a lot of debate that arose about what was going to happen to to books. Were they going to survive? as these electronic reading methods gain so much popularity and, you know, what was, what was going to happen? You know, people love these e-readers. They were so convenient. They were light. They were easy to carry around, especially globally where people use a lot of public transport. They didn't have to lug books anywhere with them, you know, for, for people who, who commute, um, sitting on trains for an hour up to two hours a day, possibly. You don't have to lug your book around. You can sit there and read on, on an e-reader. 
However, interestingly enough, I've looked up some stats. And in the UK in 2020, we're not going to mention what's happened in the last couple of years. Um, We know they've been horrible. But in 2020 in the UK, interestingly enough, the sale of fiction books, and I'm talking books, hard copy books, grew by 16%. Despite bookshops being closed, um, audio books, a completely different topic, which I'll get to later, um, in the UK, downloads of, of audio books rose by 37%. And the sale of nonfiction books, and again, I'm talking books, hard copy books, increased by 4%. Um, the percentage of total trade sales, and in, in the book industry, there's, there's a difference between trade, trade books, trade paperbacks, and, and, and hardbacks, and, and there's, there's, there's all different categories of books. But in February 2021, the percentage of total trade sales of consumer books showed um, a sale, sales of 36%, 36%. The, the global sales of books themselves showed 36% sales were hardback books. 28.8% sales belonged to paperback books. And just 15.4% went to ebooks. If you add that up, you'll see it doesn't um, add up to 100%. But the remaining um, small percentages were made up by board books for children. Board, as I, when I say board, I mean B-O-A-R-D. Board books that, that are sold for young children, audio downloads, and mass market sales. That made up the remaining percentage. So as you can see, books, real, live, hard, you know, hard copy books are alive and well. But be that as it may, one of the things that is really pushing these sales nowadays is currently social media and tech trends. And one cannot discount the fact that for bookshops themselves, if they are not getting on board with these trends, their sales are going to drop. You know, back in the day, we used to look at what was on the bestseller list. You used to look at the New York Times bestseller list, which is still quite a, a a market mover it's people do still take stock by that um we do still look at what's on the bestseller list but back then that was the only way to know what was what was the bestseller it was the only way to know what was on the bestseller list what was what was new what was trending we didn't know what the word trending meant back then i mean let's be honest we didn't look on our phones. We didn't look at a screen to find out what a bestseller was. We didn't know, you, you know, we looked in the newspaper. We walked into the actual bookshop and looked at books and we can still do that. But a lot of us, a lot of, of, of readers are looking online and going along with the trends that they're seeing online. And a lot of shops have sections specifically with a sign where they have a specific section that says hashtag book talk made me read it. And book talk is so much, it's a lot of fun. Videos, sounds, um, voiceovers. It, there's so much fun that you can have with it. Um, but before we even get to that, you know, back in the day, you didn't have a video to promote a book. There's, there's now videos that promote books. There's, there's little films that promote books. They're, they're, they're a minute long. They're, you know, but 
who knew that we were going to have videos to promote books? I mean, video was something that, that belonged in the realm of TV and film. Now we have videos that promote books. And currently, one that has just come out, and it's local, and it's exciting beyond. Um, I think we mentioned it sometime back last year, is um, about a book that's been written by four of our fabulous local authors. They collaborated during lockdown, um, Pamela Power, Gail Schimmel, uh, Connie Loxton, who is based in Cape Town, and Amy Hayden-Rich. They have collaborated to write a book. They've written a book about Marion Keys because they were meant to be meeting up with her last year at a literary festival, which obviously got cancelled. They've collaborated to write a book. It's called Chasing Marion. And if you look online, on Instagram, on any of their profiles, you will see the video that's been released. The title was um, and the cover were only released yesterday. It's a very exciting video. It's a very exciting collaboration that will be out um, in the next couple of months. And the video is exciting. So that's being used to to push excitement and create hype for this book. and. This is one of the trends that's being used to create hype to promote books in 2022. You're listening to People of the Book, and I'm Janice Leibovitz. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. This is People of the Book, and I'm Janice Leibovitz, and we are talking today about current social media trends that are pushing book sales. And specifically, we're talking about BookTok. And clearly that happens on TikTok. And it's a hashtag, hashtag BookTok. And specifically the trend that that shops, books, bookshops, booksellers are needing to go with today to create hype among, among readers and to promote their bestsellers and you'll walk into a bookshop and you'll often find a section that says, Book Talk made me read it. So along with the recommendations from um, the staff of the shop, recommendations, they, they often have a top 20 or the weekly top 20. You'll find the section, hashtag Book Talk made me read it. Um, if you go on Instagram, you'll find um, a lot of people, hashtag Bookstagram, bookstagrammers who are using that hashtag to post their reviews, not really using their blogs as much as they used to. And there's also something, a global movement known as the book fairies. And um, if you're interested in following that, you can go to www.ibelieveinbookfairies.com. We do have book fairies in Durban and Cape Town in South Africa. You can join up with them. You get ribbons, you get these little cards, and they are a movement who hide books in public for others to find. They wrap a ribbon around the book with a special little uh, book fairy card. It's quite a, uh, an amazing little movement. And it's this is a global movement. It's huge. Go onto the website and take a look. It's really quite incredible. And that um, has a huge following on Instagram. So I'm sure you're more interested in hearing about what books are actually trending on book talk. I mean, I'm not just here to talk about social media and the platforms. So I, because TikTok is a platform that is used primarily by young people, the books that are trending on book talk, book talk, they aren't, there's a specific genre of book that's emerged 
that is young adult, but I've found that it's it's older young adult. I, I, I don't know quite specifically how to describe it. Um, it it's, it's kind of a gray area, I suppose. So there are very definite books that have emerged as books that are prominent on the book talk, under the book talk banner. So I'm going to tell you what is trending on book talk in the past month or so, probably longer, because there are some that have just remained there. And I suppose that one of the, the main ones that I've seen, and I do have a young adult living in my house, and I am thrilled to buy these books for her. I personally haven't read the books that she's requested, and I'll let you know when, as I tell you about the books, I'll let you know which ones she's read and loved. And she is a huge TikTok user, and I can tell you with absolute certainty that the only reason she has asked me to buy these books is because she's seen them all over social media. She does not request anything that she hasn't seen everyone else reading and talking about. So with absolute certainty, this platform works in in creating hype and, and getting people to go out and buy these books. So the first one that is way up there is a book by Colleen Hoover. And in actual fact, it seems that most of her books are loved and being raved about. But specifically, this is her latest book. It's called, it's called It Ends With Us. I'm going to read you the blurb. It doesn't give much away, to be honest. I do know my daughter loved it. And I'll read you the blurb. Sometimes it is the one who loves you who hurts you the most. Well, don't we know it? Lily hasn't always had it easy, but that's never stopped her from working hard for the life she wants. She's come a long way from the small town in Maine where she grew up. She graduated from college, moved to Boston, started her own business. And when she feels a spark with a gorgeous neurosurgeon named Ryle Kincaid, everything in Lily's life suddenly seems almost too good to be true. He's assertive, stubborn, maybe even a little arrogant. He's also sensitive, brilliant, and has a soft spot for Lily. And the way he looks in scrubs certainly doesn't hurt. She can't get him out of her head, but Ryle's complete aversion to relationships is disturbing. Even as Lily finds herself becoming the exception to his no-dating rule, she can't help but wonder what made him that way in the first place. As questions about her new relationship overwhelm her, so do thoughts of Atlas Corrigan. I mean, I don't know where authors come up with these names. I'd love to know. Atlas Corrigan is Lily's first love and a link to the past she left behind. He was her kindred spirit and protector. And when he suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Ryle is threatened. So that is the, the gist of the story. Apparently, it is Fabulous. Everyone is loving it. It is everywhere. You've probably seen it, heard it, something about it. It's huge. It's called It Ends With Us, and it's by Colleen Hoover. There's also Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover, Verity by Colleen Hoover. Basically, anything by Colleen Hoover is doing the rounds at the moment. She is certainly the flavor of the month. The other author who is extremely popular and bringing out books regularly, very much young adult, I think. But I've always said there's no one telling you that you can't read a young adult book if you are an adult. And quite honestly, they are 
extremely well written and their themes are relevant to anyone and everyone. So, I mean, I, this, this business of labeling things, putting them in boxes, and it's all a load of nonsense, quite honestly. So Karen M. McManus is extremely popular and one of her most popular books, part of a bit of a series called One of Us is Lying. And the two follow-ups to that were One of Us is Next and Two Can Keep a Secret. But One of Us is Lying, um, very popular, love her books, very noticeable covers. Uh, you'll see they run as a theme, really. Play, pay close attention and you might solve this. On Monday afternoon, five students at Bayview High walk into detention. It sounds very Breakfast Club-like for those who remember the Breakfast Club. Bronwyn, the brain, is Yale-bound and never breaks a rule. Addie, the beauty, is the picture-perfect homecoming princess. Nate, the criminal, is already on probation for dealing. Cooper, the athlete, is the all-star baseball pitcher. And Simon, the outcast, is the creator of Bayview High's notorious gossip app. Only Simon never makes it out of that classroom. Before the end of detention, Simon is dead. And according to investigators, his death wasn't an accident. On Monday, he died. But on Tuesday, he had planned to post juicy reveals about all four of his high-profile classmates, which makes all four of them suspects in his murder. Or are they the perfect patsies for a killer who's still on the loose? Everyone has secrets, right? What really matters is how far you would go to protect them. To me, that sounds like a cross between the Breakfast Club and Gossip Girl. So, I mean, I think it sounds fabulous. I definitely read that. That's One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. Next, doing the rounds. And this one seems to be a bit of a Marmite book. Some people are loving it. Some people are hating it. And whether they love it or hating it, or love it or hate it, they are letting everyone know about it. And it's called We Were Liars by E. Lockhart. Um, a beautiful and distinguished family, a private island, a brilliant damaged girl, a passionate political boy, a group of four friends, the liars, whose friendship turns destructive, a revolution, an accident, a secret, lies upon lies, true love, the truth. We Were Liars is a modern, sophisticated suspense novel from New York Times best-selling author, National Book Award finalist and Prince Award honoree, E. Lockhart. Read it. And if anyone asks you how it ends, just lie. That sounds quite fascinating. Next one during the rounds, another one that my daughter loved and I, I do notice there's, there's a certain theme running through these popular books. They seem to be quite dark. I don't know whether it's because of the past couple of years that we've gone through. And the other thing I notice is there don't seem to be any, or should I say many, or uh, they must be out there that maybe they're just not proving popular. I know that Jody um, Pickles has written a book about COVID and about, it's a fiction book, 
and I know she has written one. It's called Wish You Were Here. Um, it's it's uh, been published in the last few months. But there don't seem to be many books, specifically fiction books, that have been written about uh, the pandemic. So I think probably because uh, pretty much too true to life and we don't need to read about what we're all living because reading generally we want to read to escape and we want fiction to remain fiction. But this one is called They Both Die in the End. I mean, spoiler alert, hello. And it's by Adam Silvera. And I mean, this it's quite far-fetched and it's apparently it's wonderful. And my daughter loved it. So just bear with me while I describe what this is about. On September 5th, a little after midnight, Deathcast, it's an organization, it's a fictional, fictional organization, calls Mateo Torres and Rufus Emeterio to give them some bad news. They're going to die today. Mateo and Rufus are total strangers, but for different reasons, they're both looking to make a new friend on their end day. The good news, there's an app for that. It's called The Last Friend, and through it, Rufus and Mateo are about to meet up for one last great adventure and to live a lifetime in a single day. As I say, people are raving about this book. They are loving it. Uh, I find it quite dark and disturbing that young people are loving it. That's just me giving away my age and being a mother and a grandmother. And I suppose that's just what people are, are reading these days and what people are writing these days because that's what people want to read. But that's They Both Die in the End by Adam Silvera. Huge, hugely popular. Hugely popular. Another one, and, and as I say, the themes are dark. There's a lot of death. And the next one is You've Reached Sam. And I'm saying these are books that are on the bestseller list. These are trending on TikTok, on BookTok. These are some of the most popular books of the last couple of months and currently. So the next one is You've Reached Sam by Dustin Theo. hope I pronounced his name correctly. 17-year-old Julie has her future all planned out. Move out of her small town with her boyfriend, Sam, attend college in the city, spend a summer in Japan. But then Sam dies and everything changes. Heartbroken, Julie skips his funeral, throws out his things and tries everything to forget him in the tragic way he died. But a message Sam left behind in her yearbook forces back memories. Desperate to hear his voice one more time, Julie calls Sam's cell phone just to listen to his voicemail. And Sam picks up the phone. In a miraculous turn of events, Julie's been given a second chance at goodbye. The connection is temporary, but hearing Sam's voice makes her fall for him all over again. And with each call, it becomes harder to let him go. However, keeping her otherworldly calls with Sam a secret isn't easy, especially when Julie witnesses the suffering Sam's family is going through. Unable to stand by the sidelines and watch their shared loved ones in pain, Julie is torn between spilling the truth about her calls with Sam and risking their connection and losing him forever. 
That's You've Reached Sam by Dustin Thayer. And another one, continuing with this dark theme, The Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. I mean, over a million copies sold. It's addictive, a must-read mystery. It's, you know, an investigation turned obsession full of twists and turns and ending you'll never expect. Everyone in Fairview knows the story. Pretty and popular high school senior Andy Bell was murdered by her boyfriend, Sal Singh, who then killed himself. It was all anyone could talk about. And five years later, Pip sees how the tragedy still haunts her town. But she can't shake the feeling that there was more to what happened that day. She knew Sal when she was a child, and he was always so kind to her. How could he possibly have been a killer? Now a senior herself, Pip decides to re-examine the closed case for her final project. At first, just to cast doubt on the original investigation, but soon she discovers a trail of dark secrets that might actually prove Sal innocent, and the line between past and present begins to blur. Someone in Fairview doesn't want Pip digging around for answers, and now her own life might be in danger. There's also a sequel called Good Girl, Bad Blood. Again, apparently riveting, extremely popular. Go and look for The Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. This one is, uh, you've probably seen it. It's got a very eye-catching cover, and it's called The Love Hypothesis by Ali Hazelwood. As a third-year PhD candidate, Olive Smith doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships. This is another theme, people who don't believe in love and who don't believe in relationships. And we saw that in in that first book, that Colleen Hoover book, with um, the guy Lily falls in love with, Ryle, who doesn't believe in relationships. So um, this is Olive. Her best friend does believe in lasting romantic relationships. And that's what's got her into the situation. Convincing on that Olive is dating and well on her way to a happily ever after was always going to take more than hand wavy Jedi mind tricks. Scientists require proof. So like any self-respecting biologist, Olive panics and kisses the first man she sees. That man is none other than Adam Coulson, a young hotshot professor and well-known idiot. I won't say what's here. Which is why Olive is positively flawed when Stanford's reigning lab tyrant agrees to keep her charade a secret and be her fake boyfriend. But when a big science conference goes haywire, putting Olive's career on the Bunsen burner, Adam surprises her again with his unyielding support and even more unyielding six-pack abs. Suddenly, their little experiment feels dangerously close to combustion, and Olive discovers that the only thing more complicated than a hypothesis on love is putting her own heart under the microscope. Well, that sounds like a bit more fun than death and darkness and everything else. So take a break here and leave that on a high note. This is People of the Book, and I'm Janice Leibovitz. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am Janice Leibovitz and you're listening to People of the Book. And today we're talking about social media trends creating hype 
on what books you should be reading, what's popular, what's out there, and specifically the bookshops getting in on these social media trends. And currently the main one being BookTok made me read it. And obviously BookTok being part of TikTok. And like I said, I mean, if the book, if the bookshops want to stay current and stay relevant, they are going to jump on this bandwagon and add a book talk bestseller list to their recommendations and to their bookshelves along with their staff recommendations, their top 20 sales um, lists for the week and everything like that. You know, if you want to, I mean, most of the bookshops I imagine would want to stay relevant and this is what they are doing. If you look online, I mean, Barnes and Noble, have a list I and mean, our own exclusive books has a, a, a book talk section. It's, it's really amazing to see. And it's nice to know that our books, bookshops are staying on top of things. And when you tag them in a social media post, they'll like it, they'll join in, they'll comment. It's, it's really awesome to, to be part of that and to have them be part of that with you. So before the break, we were talking about what is trending on TikTok? What is creating hype? What books are popular? And a lot of those, as I said, I don't like labeling books with genres. What's young adult? What are young adults reading? What are adults reading? Those labels are they're nonsense because anyone can read anything. If you're reading, that's great. I don't care what you're reading. So it's strange that the themes are very dark. And as I said, there are not a lot, if any, I did mention the Jodie Pickle book. There are not a lot of books that have been written about the pandemic, not a lot of fiction books that have been written about the pandemic. And I suppose it's because people just don't want to read about what we are living through, what we have been living through. But the themes have remained quite dark and there's a lot of death and a lot of misery being written about a lot of aversion to relationships and those are themes that do seem to be running through a lot of the trending books which is quite interesting and I suppose a little bit disturbing which is what if um if that's what our young people are wanting to read about but uh different conversation for different show so let's continue with what's popular and What's interesting is that a couple of the books that remain top of these book talk videos, book talk trends are not necessarily brand new books, which is incredible because you think people want to stay on top of new books. They want to keep knowing what's new, what's out there, what's coming out, what's, what's coming. I'm going to get to that later, but, um, one book that has just remained really popular. And I think it came out a couple of years ago. It's a book by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Personally, her book that came out, I think two years ago was Daisy Jones and the Six. I adored it. I loved it. And it was popular when it came out. And then it just dropped, you know, into, you know, an anonymity after that. But the book of hers that has just permanently remained popular and people constantly talk about it constantly look to buy it, constantly reading it, is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And it is a fabulous book. I have to say I'm intrigued as to 
how and why this one in particular has remained so popular because for me, Daisy Jones is the book. But anyway, whatever. So The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is about an aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon and possibly based on on someone. I'm not going to mention names because I think that that's what Taylor Jenkins Reid does. She does base, well, I think so, her characters on real life people. I do think she does. She she has an in with with the industry, with the Hollywood industry, and I do think she bases her characters and and everything that she writes in her books, I think is I feel is really based on fact. And I think that is an absolute gift that she has. She scatters these facts generously throughout her books and leaves you thinking and wondering. And she's amazing at doing that. So this is um, a story about an aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon, Evelyn Hugo, who is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her and why now? Monique is not exactly on top of the world. Her husband has left her and her professional life is going nowhere. Regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write her biography, Monique is determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's luxurious apartment, Monique listens in fascination as the actress tells her story. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave show business in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way, Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. Monique begins to feel a very real connection to the legendary star, but as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. It's a fabulous book. It it really is a great book. It's The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. The other book um, that's um, doing the rounds and has been doing the rounds for quite some time, also not a new book, is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And it's just constantly remained popular since it came out um, a couple of years ago. Between Life and Death, there is a library. And within that library, the shelves go on forever. Every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived to see how things would be if you had made other choices? Would you have done anything different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? This is a dazzling novel about all the choices that go into a life well-lived from the internationally best-selling author of Reasons to Stay Alive and How to Stop Time. Somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the other life you could have lived if you have made a different choice at any point in your life. While we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these other lives truly be better? And it's a great book. I remember I read this when it came out and I read it, I think, in a day or two. 
And this is always going, the theme is so relevant. It's, it's always going to be something that interests people. And this is why it has remained popular. And although it sounds like the theme is, is death, it's not really. So not as dark as it sounds. Um, it's quite hopeful and it's really inspirational. That's the Midnight Library by Matt Haig. I'll be back with more suggestions. You're listening to people of the book. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Yes, this is People of the Book. And we've been talking about social media trends that are being used to create hype among popular books and how bookshops are jumping on the bandwagon and even creating their own section specifically under the hashtag BookTok. BookTok made me read it. And I've given a lot of suggestions about what is currently trending on BookTok and has been trending. It seems that these books seem to trend for quite some time because I'm seeing the same things recurring again and again. And they are extremely popular. A lot of them, understandably, because TikTok is a platform used by young people, a lot of them supposedly for younger adults, but um, all... You know, all genres can be read by all people, really doesn't matter. The themes do seem to be quite dark, a lot of death, a lot of aversion to relationships, a lot of not wanting involvement, a lot of angst, a lot of issues. I think understandably so. That's what people want to read. I think people want to escape their own issues by reading about other people's problems. I think that's natural. You know, you want to escape into fiction and that's what books do for us. So one, one or two more, if I have the time, these two totally escaped me. Didn't understand the blurbs. Didn't, I just don't understand where these two are going, but proving very popular. And there is, there are a lot of fantasy books. Um, proving very popular as well. I just, I don't know where these go. I don't know where they come from. I'd love to know. I mean, the, the creativity is incredible. I have to admit, but I don't get it, but I'll throw these in. First one is the song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Um, Achilles, the best of all the Greeks, son of the cruel sea goddess, Thetis. And the legendary king Peleus, I, I, I'm going to break my teeth over this, but we'll do our best, is strong, swift, and beautiful, irresistible to all who meet him. Patroclus is an awkward young prince, exiled from his homeland after an act of shocking violence. Brought together by chance, they forge an inseparable bond, despite risking the gods' wrath. They are trained by the centaur Chiron, in the arts of war and medicine, but when word comes that Helen of Sparta has been kidnapped, all the heroes of Greece are called upon to lay siege to Troy in her name. Seduced by the promise of a glorious destiny, Achilles joins their cause, and torn between love and fear for his friend, Patroclus follows. Little do they know that the cruel fates will test them both as never before, and demand a terrible sacrifice. Okay, then. That's the Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. 
hugely popular, best selling. Okay. So, and <laughs> another one also proving extremely popular is called Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. Now, when I read this blurb, I'm like, where is this going? I don't understand what it's saying. But like I said, also bestseller, very popular. First son, Alex Claremont Diaz is the closest thing to a prince this side of the Atlantic with his intrepid sister and the Veeps, genius granddaughter. They're the White House trio, a beautiful millennial marketing strategy for his mother, President Ellen Claremont. International socialite duties do have downsides. Namely, when photos of a confrontation with his longtime nemesis, Prince Henry, at a royal wedding leak to the tabloids and threaten American and British relations. The plan for damage control is staging a fake friendship between the first son and the prince. As President Claremont kicks off her re-election bid, Alex finds himself hurtling into a secret relationship with Henry that could derail the campaign and upend two nations. What is worth the sacrifice? How do you do all the good you can do? And most importantly, how will history remember you? Sounds fun, I suppose. So I hope I've given you some great suggestions from social media. I hope you'll enjoy finding them and reading them. Look after yourself. Take care of each other. Wear your masks. Vaccinate if you're able to. Get boosted if you're able to. And read a book.